I'm Riley. And I'm Ronnie. And this is the Plan to Eat podcast, where we have conversations about meal planning, food, and wellness to help you answer the question, what's for dinner? Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Plan to Eat podcast. Today, we are going to talk about seasonal foods. This is the first in a series of episodes that we are going to do about seasonal eating during different seasons of the year. Yeah, we're so excited about this topic, and I personally learned a ton in researching for this, so we're hoping that we can share all of that with you. Yeah, we're hoping that you learn a little something just like we did. I didn't realize that there was so much information on the internet about seasonal eating because uh, I guess it's just something I haven't really thought about much before. Yeah, it's just not, for me personally, it's not been ingrained into me in the way that I eat, to eat seasonally and, and why it's important. I think in different parts of the, the U.S., you know, the growing season is very long. So the things that are available are available for a long time. Um, and so it's easy to forget, you know, what <laughs> what's in season during a different part of the year. But it makes things taste better. You can actually save money and the nutrients that are available to you in, in vegetables and fruits that are available in different seasons are actually really important for your body. So, so excited about this topic. Yeah, those are all of the things and more that we will go over today. So let's get started with a quick definition of what seasonal eating is. Eating seasonally means that you're eating the fruits and vegetables that naturally grow in abundance in your area during specific times or seasons of the year. So like we said, right now we're talking about winter. You might think that seasonal eating is really challenging in winter, but there are actually a lot of things that are available in season this time of year. Yeah. And we were astounded, again, like Ronnie said, we were astounded at how much information is out there. It hasn't come up in either one of our lives in just a really prominent way. Um, but like we said, there's so much to know about it. I think it's also really easy to forget about seasonal eating because our grocery stores here in the U.S., um, they provide us with fruits and vegetables year round. So I can eat a mango in the dead of winter if I wanted to. And so it's easy to just forget because what's available to you and what's right in front of you um, is kind of everything. Well, so I studied abroad in college in Spain and in researching this podcast, it made me think about the fact that even their like big box grocery stores provide a little bit more seasonal produce compared to what we have in the United States. They also source a lot of their things more locally. So it's probably what made it more seasonal, but also locally around there is like they get things from the Southern France and they get things from Morocco because it's all within like a 50 mile radius of the Southern part of Spain. So like I remember in the winter getting red bell peppers that were absolutely amazing. The best red bell peppers I've ever had in my life. And they came from Morocco and it was seasonal in that area. And it was also local. So there's probably just a difference between other countries, but definitely in the United States, we have plentiful access to vegetables and fruits year round, no matter what the season is. If you have local grocery stores around you, you may find that they select more seasonal produce. I know that's true of a couple grocery stores here where we live. So if you're if you listen to this podcast and you're inspired, think about shopping at a local store or just think about looking at your looking at your grocery store and just focusing on this is in season. I'm going to focus on these fruits and vegetables. So a list of things that are in season in the northern hemisphere. Obviously, if you're in the southern hemisphere, it's not winter for you right now. And these kind of are going to vary depending on where you are in the northern hemisphere, but general list is apples, beets, carrots, cabbage, citrus fruits, collard and mustard greens, kale, Swiss chard, mushrooms, parsnips, sweet potatoes, turnips, and winter squash, such as butternut, acorn, delicata, pumpkin, and spaghetti squash. Amazing list. I love a lot of those foods. 
yeah, I love a lot of these foods too. And I actually um, like that they are things that are it not only in season and winter, but kind of in season year round, like you can usually get collard and mustard greens year round. And those are some of my favorite leafy greens. So as we'll talk about in a couple of minutes, um, I was actually really impressed at the, just like the different nutrients and things that are in each one of those items, particularly mustard and collard greens, just a lot of high quality nutrients coming out of those. But I don't think I expected, I didn't expect to learn that, but. So as we said, we live in Colorado and we are super lucky to live in a place where produce is plentiful all year round. So, um, you know, we have a few different climates in Colorado that allow for different growing seasons. And certainly if you live in a warmer part of the United States, you're going to have even more access to fresh things because you have a longer growing season. And then if you live in the northern parts, you might have even less access. So uh, we kind of thought about some different ideas for ways that you could still potentially get fresh produce at your house. Riley was actually one who thought of this. So why don't you pop in here? Oh, yeah. So um, I've never personally shopped from these online companies, but I've heard about them. And I think that it could be a really good fit if you live in a place where you just don't have great access to um, high quality produce. And that's Misfits Market and then Imperfect Foods uh, or Imperfect Fruits and Vegetables, I think is actually what it's called. Um, And both of those, I know that they deliver produce in their boxes. So it could be a great option. Again, I've never used them personally, but the things that I've heard about them have been positive. So hopefully that could be a really good fit to help you um, get more seasonal produce into your season. And is it the point of those different boxes to kind of send you produce items that maybe not would have made it at like the Whole Foods display because they might have like a bump or a bruise in them, right? Um, I think so. And so in my research for this, I came across a quote and the late, the lady's quote was just something along the lines of she, she really values the imperfect foods or the ones that have the bumps, the bruises, because it feels like it's more connected to where it was grown. And it, it feels a little bit more real than these like airbrushed, perfect apples that we see perfectly shiny. Um, and so sometimes those foods, there's nothing wrong with them at all. And so it's, it's kind of a neat way to repurpose them or, or not repurpose them, but like highlight that these were grown and they're real and the fruits and vegetables that we don't have to look so so immaculately perfect okay so next is winter recipes using these foods um i I love that during the winter we eat soups and stews and it's everything is warm and i love that you know in the summer that's not what i'm focusing on i'm not really thinking oh i want to eat a stew today on june 4th you know (laughs) it's just not the I think our bodies were kind of designed to like want warm foods when it's cold outside and it's perfect. Um, so I pulled together a list of a few and I'll share those with you guys and we'll link to them in the show notes. But one of my favorites is a butternut squash soup recipe. It is called creamy butternut squash, carrot and ginger soup. And it's paleo and actually it's autoimmune protocol if that's something that you're following. Um, but it's got butternut squash and carrots, as the name says, and ginger and coconut milk. And it's just creamy and delicious. And I'm always excited to cook this soup when it gets cold outside. Um, so a link to that one is a personal fave and hopefully you guys love it too. You could use spaghetti squash anytime you use noodles. And just if you've never cooked one before, it's really easy to cut it in half, pull out the seeds roast it in the oven. Um, I tend to find that I have to roast them in the oven for quite a long time, probably about an hour. Usually I put some water in the bottom of a baking pan and cook them until they're soft and very noodly. Have you ever cooked one runny? Do you have any tips on that? 
Yeah, I would say pretty much the same uh, thing that you're saying is I think the having the moisture in the oven does help a lot to soften up the squash. I think I think in general, that's what I do with most like hard winter squash is, you know, there can be kind of a bear to like mm-hmm. saw through and cut it in half. But then once you get it there, usually either having a baking pan in like the rack underneath to like steam up or putting them in like a shallow uh, dish of water. I find is helpful. I think my sister-in-law cooks them in her instant pot. I can't speak to an exact recipe, but if you have an instant pot, it's another great option um, and pretty hands-off from what I understand. So another way to use the vegetables in, on this list would be sheet pan dinners. So chop up those root veggies, chop up um, those squashes and cook them with some sausage and apples, roast them in the oven. It's another really great way to like have this like beautiful vegetable medley with a protein. And it's a one sheet dinner, which is so great, so fast. I also even found a recipe that's tilapia with a tangerine salsa, which sounded amazing. Uh It's a great way to include citrus into your recipes and into your meal plan. Um, Let's see. I also had one. Roasted beets. You know, beets are just not a food that I think about cooking very often. And I know, Ronnie, that you love beets. I do. (laughs) So I, one of the recipes that I pulled is a roasted beets recipe and I'm going to try it, but maybe I'll have you over for dinner because I know you love beets. I would love that. (laughs) I do love beets. We, I always joke that like in my family, we would plant rows and rows of beets because in my family growing up, we all loved beets. And so it was like fighting over beets at the dinner table between me and my brothers, which is wild. Yeah. Like that has to be totally unheard of for other families, but me and my brothers really love beets. My mom would can pickled beets as well. And so we would have like pickled beets throughout the winter. I just, yeah, I love beets. They're a favorite of mine. Oh yeah. I just, that's not a food that you hear people um, say is their favorite food. So that's, that's impressive. Me and Dwight Schrute, we're best friends. (laughs) (laughs) That's amazing. So one of the articles that I found was from Slow Food USA, and it is basically, I'm not sure if it's a company specifically, but basically they're trying to promote seasonal eating. And so they have a bunch of different articles on eating in your region for winter and every season, basically. Um, Some of their advice for having seasonal eating be a little bit easier in the winter was to make lettuce free salads. So instead of doing like romaine um, or spinach or even iceberg lettuce, you can basically just like sub in shredded cabbage or carrots and kale. And then you can kind of mix it together with nuts and beans and grains and kind of make like a heartier salad that um, actually sounds really good to me because I love a salad that has a good crunch to it. So I actually always put shredded cabbage in my salads because I really love that. And then their other thing was like focus on things like winter squash and root vegetables and realizing that it's not just potatoes that are root vegetables, like things like beets and turnips and carrots and parsnips and all of those other things can add really great flavors. And actually most like mashed potato recipes, you can actually sub in like half of another root vegetable to kind of give it a good flavor. Um, So I'm reading a potato cookbook right now, actually. And that's one of her tips is that you can substitute like half of your potatoes for like a parsnip or a turnip and just kind of like give it like a kind of just like a different flavor, you know, different vegetables have different earthy flavors or different amount of sugar in the root vegetable. So you can kind of just add, you know, either more savory, more 
sweet kind of a thing to your mashed potatoes or other potato dishes. <laughs> yeah, that's a great idea. I've made mashed parsnips before um, and I was really impressed. They were so smooth and they were a bit thinner, but that's probably just due to the amount of liquid that I added, but they were really creamy and delicious. Yeah, it's great to like change up your meal plan by using these different kinds of vegetables. Yeah. And some root vegetables um, like will intake more water, like when you boil them or cook them. So that's, I mean, something to be aware of. Like if you cook parsnips and you're like, they're always a little, a little thinner, maybe it'd be better to roast them first and then mash them or something like that. Yeah. That's a great idea. I ran across a recipe author when I was um, putting together this info and it's called healthyseasonalrecipes.com. I just want to I just want to throw that out there for you guys. I was really impressed with the amount of recipes that she had. They were all tagged with the season that they were associated with and it was just it was just really helpful. It was a great place to find recipes um, to utilize the foods that are in season. And so then a couple extra ideas for winter seasonal foods is to use dehydrated and preserved foods. So I mean like I just said that my mom used to pickle beets. And um, we would eat those throughout the winter, but you can also, you know, dehydrate, particularly root vegetables, dehydrate really well. You can make like kale chips and like all sorts of things. Um, you can dehydrate strawberries and a different fruit. So like if you have plentiful things during the summer and you don't know how to use them all, that's a really great time to start thinking about like dehydrating them and preserving them so that you can enjoy them in the winter as well. And then something that we've already mentioned a little bit before is just in the winter, you want to focus on these like slow cooked meals with bold flavors, because like Riley said earlier, that's kind of what our bodies are craving during the season. And when it's cold outside, your body wants to like warm up with like a soup or a stew, something that is just been cooking all day long. It actually like having something in your crock pot or on your stove and having those um, aromas in your house all day, actually like enhances um your palate for the food i don't i don't remember 100 percent. i remember reading that at one point in time that like your olfactory glands do something to enhance like the flavors of the foods if you're like smelling it all day long kind of a thing wow i've never heard that but that um it sounds amazing <laughs> it sounds it sounds great <laughs> i mean maybe i'll try to find the article and then we can link it in the show notes because otherwise i just sound a little crazy but <laughs> So we also want to talk about some of the benefits of eating seasonally because you might be listening to us right now and being like, I don't even know why I would want to do this. So one of the first things that we found is just that it's more cost effective to eat seasonally because a lot of times those produce items are on sale, either at your grocery store or at like a local store or even through a local farmer. Um, it is important, particularly in the United States, like we were talking about, to be aware of actually what's in season in your area, because we do get so much fresh produce from particularly like Latin America and South America in the wintertime, because that's when their growing season is at its best. It's, you know, if you're trying to eat seasonally, that's just something to be aware of. And we did learn in our research that the longer a fruit or a vegetable is away from its like picked date, the less nutrients um, it has. So if you're having raspberries in the middle of winter that came from Chile, you might not actually be getting all of the like vitamins and nutrients that that um, fruit provides for you as if you were just eating it in the summertime because you got it from the local farmer market. Yeah, absolutely. And it's just another plug for the for your local farmer. It supports them and it also gives you probably a really great tasting fruit or vegetable. Because I mean, you know, it's like it's like 
I want to eat an orange in June, but they never taste as good as they do in January. And so, you know, you're going to have really high flavor, which is just a win. I mean, like you want that. You want your food to taste good. So the next thing is the nutritional value. And I talked about this a little bit ago, um, but just to highlight a bit of what is available to you in the fruits and vegetables that we have on our list is vitamin A, vitamin C, a lot of B vitamins, folate, manganese, calcium, potassium, antioxidants, beta carotene, vitamin A. I probably already said that one, um, but I was just impressed um, with the quality of nutrients in um, the vegetables that are available to us in the winter. These nutrients help you keep your immune system strong and fight colds and viruses that are rampant in the wintertime usually. And they even help fight winter blues. So if you tend to be a little bit more um, sad or depressed in the winter, these foods, the nutrients are designed to help build you up and help you feel a little bit more happy. Some of these foods even need more energy to be digested, like sweet potatoes, which actually raises your body temperature and helps keep you warmer, which I thought was just a really cool fact. That is so uh, when cool. I, yeah, I loved it. Um, just really impressive. And then another thing is like some of these nutrients also help your skin from being really dried out. So no more dry skin. Amazing. <laughs> It'll at least help. I know I'm constantly putting on chapstick and lotion in the winter. Um, we live in a super dry climate. So incorporating more of these foods could actually help your skin too. So I just loved all of that info and was just really impressed that these foods that are available to us in season are, it's a natural thing for us to eat them. And the purposes of their nutrients are actually really beneficial to our day-to-day life. I really love that interconnectedness as well. It just makes it feel like, why do we not do more of this? Because it all makes a lot of sense when you learn about it. (laughs) It really does. And I, I wish that it had been more a part of my whole life. I mean, I know that in a lot of ways, like, you know, if you... If you grew up with a garden, if you have a garden now, um, if you often shop, shop at farmer's markets, like it probably is a part of your life. Um, but just highlighting it and, pin, and like and talking about it and kind of making it a bigger deal, I think is really is really valuable. Another benefit is something we have touched on already, but, you know, eating seasonally can enable you to also eat a little more locally. And as Riley was just saying a little bit ago, that is you know, helping, you know, potentially a local farmer or, you know, somebody that's in your community and kind of boosting the local economy in general, because, you know, then you're spending your money locally rather than spending it at some big box store. Um, There's also less shipping and packaging waste if you're eating locally. So if you are focused on being a little greener, being a little kinder to the environment, reducing that is super helpful. And then if you are also focused on organic produce, Uh, Eating locally is probably the easiest way to ensure that your produce is actually organic because you can go and talk to the person who grew it and, you know, see what their methods are and all that kind of stuff. A lot of our local restaurants actually change their menu seasonally. Um, And I mean, again, we're so lucky to live in Colorado and we have a lot. It's a very, this is actually kind of a prominent feature in a lot of restaurants in our area. But it's just another thing to highlight is that your local restaurants they are most likely changing their menu based on what's in season um, because that gives the food the best taste. And so you can actually support your local restaurants in addition to your local farmers um, when you eat seasonally. Good point. Yeah. So one of my favorite things about eating seasonally, because I get into a meal planning rut so bad. um, And so eating seasonally can add a lot of variety to my meal plan. It's just to plug some plan to eat features that help do this is tags. So tag your recipes with winter, spring, summer, fall. And so when your recipe has these these ingredients in it, tag it. And then you can search for that tag when the season rolls around. um, 
and you can add those to your meal plan and spice things up, <laughs> um, which I just get into such a bad habit of not doing. And so it's just a really great way to do that. Another way to do this is to just create menus that are entitled fall or winter or spring. And then that way, when December rolls around or January rolls around, all you have to do is pull that winter meal plan onto your planner and then your beautiful and delicious in-season menu is already planned for you. And so it's just super helpful in adding some variety to your diet. I actually do in my personal plan to eat account have a, a couple seasonal menus that I've made since uh, researching this podcast. So oh, I'm definitely, I'm definitely excited to, you know, try my new winter menu in the next couple of weeks. <laughs> That's great. I, you know, I need to practice what I preach and go actually make these <laughs> menus. I use tags a lot and I tag with these kinds of things, um, but I don't do a very good job of creating and saving my me menus and meal plans. And so I need to get better about that. Well, the last benefit is once again, something where I talked about, we like to double touch on all these subjects. <laughs> <laughs> really hit them home for you. <laughs> Basically eating seasonally makes the food taste better. So like Riley mentioned earlier, when you eat an orange in June, it usually doesn't taste that great or it's a little like mealy or the texture's off. Something's not quite right because it's not in season in our area. Um, and tomatoes in the summer are amazing, but you have a tomato in January and it's not amazing. So just like thinking about those kinds of things, eating food that's in season is just really a little more tasty because it's meant to be eaten at this time of year. Absolutely. And now we come to our favorite part of the podcast which is where we talk about winter-specific recipes and what we've been eating lately. So go, girl, what you've been eating lately. So I, um, my winter recipe that I wanted to highlight this week is a delicata squash recipe. So I wasn't familiar with delicata squash, but our coworker, Shelby, her husband actually is a horticulturist and he grows like a massive garden every year. And so at the end of the summer, he was like, I have so many squash, will you please take some? <laughs> You like the great thing about winter squash is that you can actually, if you keep it in like a cool, dry place in your house, um, they'll stay good for a really long time. So you don't have to cook them immediately. Like you have to do with a lot of other seasonal vegetables. Um, so just a couple of weeks ago, I finally cooked the delicata squash that he gave me from their winter garden or from their summer garden. And it was so good. It's a pretty like similar squash taste to like a butternut or any other winter squash, but, um, just like really yummy. And this recipe is like, you make it kind of like you roast them and you put spices on it. So it's like a little, like, they're like spicy butternut squash, uh, or delicata squash. Uh, you could probably substitute butternut squash and it would be just fine. Um, but super good. And I'm, I was actually really happy to be introduced to a squash that I'd never had before. I already oogled and oogled over my butternut squash soup recipe. Um, actually last night for dinner, I made a chorizo and sweet potato, like one skillet meal, um, delicious. And so it's another one, it's a sweet potato, another food that's in season right now. So I'm going to share that one with you guys. It's got rice and black beans and I added green chilies and tomato, like some canned tomatoes that I had and uh, the chorizo. It's really spicy and has a lot of like those Mexican flavors. It's really delicious. And it's a great way to eat sweet potatoes in a bit of a different way. I think I tend to eat them in like the, you know, baked or roasted or <laughs> some kind of fashion. Um, and so this is a really great way to eat them in a bit different of a recipe. That sounds good. I'll have to use that one myself as well. Thank you so much, guys, for listening. We hope that you um, found a lot of value in learning about eating seasonally, and we can't wait to bring you the other three parts of this series over the course of this year.
Thank you guys for listening and we will see you in the next episode. We hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you did, please share it with someone and subscribe to our podcast wherever you listen to your podcasts.